Hello and welcome to the 160th of a second podcast. I'm Gareth and joining me in this episode is Drew. And today we're going to be discussing the realities of being a professional photographer. So Drew, just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself, please, and your photography. Hi, Gareth. Um, thanks for inviting me. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm a freelance photographer and I specialize in uh, dance photography and the performing arts. And that makes up probably 95% of my work. And uh, it encompasses dancers of all ages from and abilities from um, probably five years up to principal dancers at the Royal Ballet. So when you're filling out your car insurance form on those comparison sites, you would put down your profession as photographer? Yes, yes. I struggle to find my profession. It's never, it's never there, but there we are. I've got the right person for the episode, haven't I? I would hope so. <laughs> Good. And speaking about that, I just want to say, myself and Drew, we're not claiming to be the complete authority in photography. For me, it's a hobby, and I enjoy it, and I like talking about it and interviewing people about it. Claim to be no expert, and we're just here to talk about opinions and thoughts, really. Please don't mistake what we're saying for advice um, and don't take what we say as gospel either. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think photography with, with, with any um, artistic um, endeavour will have um, a, a wide variety of opinions and quite often they're, they're polarised. So um, for everybody who's right or thinks they're right, there's, there's going to be somebody who uh, believes they're wrong. So uh, that's all we can do, really. We can do our best and, and share our information and then hopefully people will get something from it. Exactly. Love it or ignore it, it's up to you. So the topic is the realities of being a professional t photographer. I think I would just want to start by saying we refer to professional and pro and we often get that wrong. Or he's a pro at that, means he's really good at something or they're really good at something. But actually, professional means you earn a living from it. I'd agree, totally. Professional, um, the reality of it is that if I don't sell pictures, if I don't make money from my photography, then I don't make money. It's that simple. So does that cause a pressure? The reality is yes, um, but how you deal with it obviously is the main, uh, you know, it, it depends how, how you absorb that pressure and, and, and what you allow that to become. Personally, I decided some time ago that I would try and eliminate stress from my life and you thought the best way to do that was to become a professional photographer is that correct that that wasn't actually the process um in terms of using photography as a way to eliminate stress it was it was more a realization that if i allowed the pressures of the freelance life uh, or the freelance lifestyle to to get to me then th that it could well be a slippery slope so I really decided that I was going to deal with that kind of pressure in a, in a different way to the way perhaps I had been doing when I assumed responsibility and and and, and it became very much a, an, an absorbing uh, thing and so I look at things in a bit much more fatalistic way these days. One of the things we associate with a professional is you might have someone say, can you be professional? You know, oh, then they're acting unprofessionally. Mm. And being a professional, whatever profession you have, is a sort of robustness, a way of operating, a good attitude, that sort of thing. There must be times being a professional photographer, you get annoyed with stuff, you're unhappy, but I guess you don't show it or you can't show it, can you? I think you you have to be um, 
you do have to be a diplomat. And there are, um, you know, there are stories of photographers that perhaps as they as they climb the ladder and, and some that become famous, their reputations, they, they, they develop reputations for being difficult or for being, you know, one thing or another. And when I hear things like that, I, I often wonder why they need to be that way. So I certainly don't see the need to be that way. I think the most important thing is that the people that you're working with, your clients, that they perceive you as being good to work with uh, and easy to work with and so the, the the more that you can do to create that environment then the better it is all around that's the kind of thing that gets you rehired and that and that and great pictures and it is it is about i suppose for a professional about getting hired i'm going to use the analogy of a plumber now i could attempt to do the plumbing in my house and it might take me a whole weekend and i might be worse off for engaging in plumbing whereas I could hire a plumber and it would take two hours and they've done a good job and I know they've done a good job is it the same with a professional photographer is it if you don't hire a professional you're taking an element of risk and that's reduced by hiring a professional well I think the um, the, the thing with photography now and the way technology has changed photography uh, um, is that there are uh, a significant number of very talented people that that do their photography as a hobby and have no desire to uh, to do it for a living. I'd, I'd say that's me, um, the talented, <laughs> the hobby, the desire not to do it for a living. You've summed me up there, Drew. Yeah, well, they're, they're, and you're you're clearly not alone. And some some of the, the people who are, you know, their photography is just phenomenal. The, the work that he produces, absolutely outstanding. And that's fantastic. The question is, given the situation dictated by somebody else and a requirement dictated by somebody else, can you deliver what they want, when they want it, and for the price they want it? And then um, that that's really more what being a professional photographer is about. I'm picking up on consistency. You might have one amazing shoot, but don't you have to deliver that every time if you're a professional well you have to deliver what the client wants and and and, and if in, in a lot of cases it's it's also about adding value depending where you are on the uh, you know on the, on the, the on the totem pole as it were uh, depending how high up you are and what kind of clients you're working for at the sort of day-to-day level there are clients that, that quite often need educating as to where the value is because when somebody contacts you and says how much does it cost for a couple of hours of your uh, of your time to shoot some pictures for X Y Z? Your first inquiry is what do you actually what do you actually need? Because quite often that couple of hours that they think they need is really a full day shoot and another day's processing. So you, there is a process of education that needs to take place as well. So you've got to be able to analyse that and work out what it is that they might need before you say yes to a job and i think that's that's another facet that as a as a, a hobbyist photographer you you know you're only concerned with your output and 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 what the end result looks like and does it satisfy you whereas the the considerations are much more broad um when you when you want to earn money from it of course and it, and it sounds like there's a great deal of sort of and you probably the more you do this the better you get at it reading in and understanding what people want when they don't necessarily know what they want 
and you probably get better with that with experience i'd imagine yeah, quite often the um the, the the client not knowing precisely what they want is is fairly common and and when somebody says well yeah i just thought i'd like some nice pictures maybe you could just take some nice pictures you know and and they, they've clearly not asked themselves what actually a nice picture is <laughs> we, we all suffer from this people know what they don't want but people don't know what they do want do you agree yeah, with that yeah yeah that that that's certainly a factor as well so you've got to i think part of your job is to is to guide and to help people um realize what they can get what they can achieve what you can do for them but also at the same time you know where the cost implications are of that so that um it, the, the, so that we're sort of in a realistic you know the discussions are in a realistic area uh, because quite often if somebody if you went in and somebody says how much does it cost for this um, I want X Y Z and you say that'll be two and a half thousand pounds that's the end of the discussion it's you know you could simplify it by talking about wedding photography and people say that the old chestnut is uh, oh that's not bad for a day's work is it it's it's not a day's work though is it it's it's everything else that goes into it. I've, I've actually shot weddings and oh my oh this they are grueling doing a wedding they're always in summer yeah i'm completely unfit yeah you've got to lug around all that heavy equipment you're there for 12 hours um if you're lucky you get lunch i mean when i go to a wedding i hate going in for that photo i'd rather be at the bar <laughs> you're it's not your photography that's the hard bit. The, for me, it's the interacting, it's the conjoling, it, it's the pace, and it, it's a high pace, it's the pressure. It's a high pace for 12 hours, you know. Yeah. And then you get home, and yeah, I've done quite well. And then the work now starts. you've got to edit it, and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the work starts, so. This I, is why, um, this is why if, um, if people, oh, you're a photographer, I've got a friend who's getting married, can I give him your number? And I, I, I have a, a response. To I, I'm going to say don't answer. Do you know why? Because it's one of my upcoming episodes. Um, should you photograph your friend's wedding? Oh, it's, so we're not going to talk about that today. I, oh, I can see you really want to talk about well, it. No, it's no, it's no, no, just to close the wedding topic, to be honest, because my reaction to that question is, I give them a response that um, I make a face that looks like I've got indigestion. So you give them the, the, the indigestion face and they go, oh, not your thing. And I go, no, not really. And uh, so that, that's the way I deal with wedding inquiries. And I just want to say for, for that, we were obviously in a podcast and you couldn't see Drew's face there, but <laughs> it was a face that would put me off as well. <laughs> not his general face, the face he just pulled. I want to talk about the realities and I want to frame it in such a way that you give not, not your best reality. I want to say, talk me through your last working day, actually. So was that Friday for you? Yes, mainly sat at the computer thinking, actually, it's a nice day outside and I, could, I need to walk the dog, but I've still got to get through these images and I've got to load up some galleries and I've got to... Um, decide what I'm going to use for this and then contact uh, a client and so on and so forth. I mean, it's, it, it, no two days are the same. So in, 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 the, last, in the last couple of weeks, I've been in a, a dance studio for, for two days, solid shooting. Um, Let's just focus on the Friday, though. On the Friday. So All right. 
I mean, many people think, you know, oh, that's my dream job. But what were you doing on Friday? Um, what day are we on now? Saturday. Well, it was yesterday, so, Drew. So yesterday, yesterday. Yes, ma- mainly computer bound. Mainly computer bound. But but there's a whole world within that within that screen. So there are clients. There are there are people to respond to. There are people that you're struggling to get back to because you haven't got necessarily the answer they want straight away. There's processing to do. There is. It sounds very cluttered, and it and it and it is because there's also the ongoing task of thinking about how you're going to be marketing and promoting your your services for the for the for the months to come. So it carries a there's a there's a whole variety, and I think most people in 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 a creative sphere are are quite often disorganised, and uh, that's a feature as well. Do you mind me asking, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, do you work from home? Yes, yeah. And does that bring additional challenges? Well, I've had a studio, and um, at the time, I thought that um, having a studio, having somewhere to go to work every day, just like going to the office, would be an advantage. And um, in actual fact, it um, it, it, it wasn't particularly um i don't think it changed it doesn't change what's going on in your head and what's going on in your head is the uh, you know the, the first conversation you have is with yourself so whether you're at uh, a space that you're paying you know uh, possibly twenty thousand pounds a year for for the privilege of sitting in um or whether you're in your conservatory i don't think it really changes the dynamic of that conversation very much so that that's really the most important thing you could be sitting out in a field somewhere on your ipad or in your home office or or in an office that you've uh, that you're renting and I, I i don't think it really changes that much one thing i want to draw everyone's attention to is we've actually met in a public place today that's between our our houses and th- this to me what i'm about to say really strikes a chord with the difference between hobby and professional i got in contact with drew i think i was i was watching telly uh, and i just got on my laptop and i got in contact with drew and said yeah do you want to do this podcast and it was about nine o'clock we were messaging and i was watching telly and you were editing images weren't you yes yeah you're editing images That's right yeah i was uh, processing so they and they were images that um that had already been purchased already been ordered paid for but they they also needed some work doing on them and um yeah so the the flip side of that is that you know you can be doing that at nine o'clock at night and and maybe you're having coffee in a cafe somewhere at lunchtime and spending an hour walking the dog in the afternoon or whatever so there aren't really any limitations on on what you can do and where you can do it particularly with the technology today you could i'm sure you wouldn't do this I'm sure you'd rather use a desktop, but you could edit. You can edit photos on your phone, particularly now with RAW in iPhone. You can have a very portable laptop, you can have a very portable tablet, and you can edit anywhere, particularly if you have Lightroom Mobile. I don't know whether you use that. And and in all jobs, we're finding the distinction between home and work is getting murkier and murkier. Absolutely. And that, that must be dreadful for you. No, it's a, it's something that you have to manage. Um, one of the one of the benefits I found was when my my youngest daughter was at uh, infant school, and we'd had a, a 
our relationship wasn't she was definitely a mummy's girl and Danny was just almost like a you know somebody who was in the way from time to time and I started taking her to school and picking her up every day and um, in a very relaxed and, and leisurely way we'd walk to school we'd walk back and we'd have fun on the way there and fun on the way back and it completely transformed our relationship so that could never have happened had I been working in a um, uh, a full-time sort of go-to-work environment that just would not have been an option so in, in in some respects there are some great benefits and I think the other the, the downside is of course when your wife and kids come home from their day at school and at work they kind of maybe they think you've been at home all day and that why why haven't you loaded the dishwasher drew i'm guessing that kind of thing that kind of thing or um, you know the, the 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 yeah simple things like that 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 well you've been home all day yeah do you get your weekends free or is that are you working weekends i'm working weekends i there the any day is a work day any day can be a work day, but at the same time, any day can be a day of leisure. And, you know, a lot of, given that the, um, the in my market, a lot of the stuff that goes on, goes on at weekends, and, and you're dealing with people who might be working in their full-time jobs nine to five, but at the weekend they do something else. You know, the idea of antisocial hours, I think, is almost like a thing of the past. It's it's a phrase that, that may well have been applicable when people worked you know nine to five and then got time and a half at the weekend and double time on a Sunday you know that kind of thing I think now it's just it's it's pretty much a, a an open book I mean most people who are I'm going to generalize here most people who do photography professionally are going to do weddings or dip their toe into wedding photography and that almost exclusively is going to be at a weekend when I got married I got married on a Friday and it was such a controversial thing people didn't want to take the day off work don't come to our wedding then you know yeah. um it's up to you you don't have to be there but it was quite a controversial um thing having on a friday mm. most people work nine to five monday to friday and then when they do their activities or have special occasions it's going to be at the weekend so the people who cater to that industry have to adapt and are there at the weekend aren't yeah. they i think i mean you you're the, the wedding photographers who for whom it's their their, their full-time uh, career I think they commit themselves to, you know, I hear stories of wedding photographers doing 50 weddings or in some cases more in a year. Well, that, that really is very much likely to be 50 weekends. I was thinking, let's break that down. That's going to be one weekend. Yeah, may, maybe a Saturday, maybe a Friday, maybe a Saturday. If you're doing 52, let's pick 52. It's a nice, easy number. You're working every weekend. You're going to be doing your editing in the week, getting back to people in the week. When do you take your holiday then? If if you're committed for 52 weddings, because yeah. your livelihood depends on it, when's your holiday? What, Tuesday to Wednesday? You yeah, know, when yeah, you're going to go yeah. off to the Bahamas or whatever? Mm. Maybe you're not. It's Well, it's a difficult one. And it, it's um, certainly the, the, the wedding photographers that I've sort of observed or, or, or read about that, that, um, that when they, they get to a point where they can scale down the number they do but then increase their prices and that's obviously got to be a goal for, for a lot of people I think so they might do 30 weddings in a year but they do 30 higher priced weddings to get the, the income that they want out of it but that I mean that that's just another reason why I wouldn't you know I take my hat off to wedding photographers because for some of these guys and ladies it's a um it's an art and a passion 
and um, and that's another part of my answer that that you know there are people out there who they they love it they love being wedding photographers um, in a way that I love being a dance photographer and on any given day they are going to do a better job than I could ever do so you know leave that to them and 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 you know don't don't uh, I don't want to cloud their market by adding myself to it of course not and I mean it's such a difficult job but it must be more difficult with people holding up smartphones now people trying to capture everything on their mobiles when I I shot a wedding and and I did it for free to see if I wanted to do it and the the people I was doing it for I think they'd ask their auntie to film it so I was doing free wedding photography because I wanted to see what it's like and I did it on my my terms basically so I said I'll do this or do that you have this many images if you want more you're gonna have to pay etc and the woman who was filming for them had a very old maybe circa 1990 camcorder and was standing so far away I, I can actually see on the screen the the couple were tiny on the screen she couldn't capture the sound because she was so far away and she stood in front of every one of my shots <laughs> and i got good shots but i i wonder whether her footage was yeah. you know it would be an hour of people sat in chairs and, and things like that yeah. and i think there is a lack of that particularly at weddings getting in the way of the people who have been paid to be there i mean that annoyed me i did another wedding and i, I was i was paid something for it and all throughout the day i had someone following me around saying my camera's better than that um yeah. oh it, it's a i think it's a i think it's a thankless task it's um it, it's one of those things that um you know, it goes back to being having to be a diplomat, um, because if you haven't got um, that sense of diplomacy, you, you're going to upset people as they upset you. I can only imagine. I, I it, it would be um, it, it, it is frustrating when people decide that that what they're doing is they're making a statement that they don't want your service because they're quite happy doing it themselves, and uh, but they're making that statement while you're there. <laughs> And it's I, this goes back to a point I made earlier. It's about that professional attitude with people like that. You've got to be quite firm in what you say, but not upset them. So the classic phrase is, well, let's not ruin it for the people. You've come here for Debbie and John. Let's not ruin their images of a lifetime that they're going to look back on by, you know, doing this or getting in the way. You know, they'll want to look at this yeah. in 10 or 15 years. I think you're just, you're reminding me, Gareth, of, why I won't ever be a wedding photographer. <laughs> I'm reminding myself, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about the realities. We talked about your Friday. I'd like to hear about one of your best days and, and some of your high points. And really, I want to know about your sense of accomplishment when you feel, give me an example, not specific, of course, give me an example of when you think, yeah, I'm so pleased with that. And it makes all the pain of doing that job go away. It get, mitigates all the negative aspects of it. Right. Well, the um, to be to be perfectly honest, the actual just the satisfaction of shooting 
something that I love to shoot. People people do make comments. People generally outside professional photography, or maybe people that do, are into photography as a hobby, and they say there's a common phrase that that does pop up, and it's uh, I wouldn't want to shoot what other people, you know, I want to shoot what I want to shoot, not what other people tell me to shoot. And um, while I had talked about meeting a client expectation the reason that I chose the market that I've chosen is because I love to photograph that particular genre. Uh, as an example, I was in a, uh, we were doing a location shoot a couple of weeks ago with some young dancers and I was in a city centre, a bustling city centre I might add, and um, we were in one of the main squares in this city and the hordes of commuters were walking across the square getting off their trams and walking across the square to work in a in that sort of um brisk way that that they do when they need to get to somewhere with that look on their face which was you know this isn't the fun part of my day get out of my way get out of my way way or i push you down yeah so actually seeing some guy lying on the floor with um, a teenager in a tutu leaping up and down is kind of you know some of these looks were what the hell are you doing here and actually that was really quite it, it was quite a fun moment because I remember turning around to one of them saying well you know they're going to work but actually I'm at work and I'm having a great time <laughs> so so uh, and, and maybe they don't look like they're going to have such a great time not you know judging by the expressions on their faces so and and that wasn't necessarily anything that special in terms of the the type of shoot it was but it was in its own in its own way there was something special about it so that's a real blessing and of course getting paid for it that's that's the other you know knowing that that this is going to lead to you getting paid and paying your bills the the other another side to that particular coin if you like is having the opportunity to work with some people who are truly world class in their field and uh, there's, there's something very special about that so last weekend I was in a rehearsal studio with uh, two professional dancers and a choreographer and had an hour and a half just documenting their creative process documenting their rehearsal just the four of us and um, with no constraints whatsoever and uh, and seeing the way these people work and 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 capturing the moments that that they exchange between themselves when they're creating and working just their skill their talent their 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 ability is phenomenal so that's a gift as well really to be able to be you know to 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 experience that and to be part of that so you get caught up in the buzz i suppose Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I. I don't know. I think most of us, whether it's photographers or people, you know, we. we people that they like music and they like films and they like. We're, we're admirers of talent, and I've just stumbled across a, a, a group of people in 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 dancers as a, as an example who have a particular talent, and I think they're also to some degree they're very much unsung, um, in in in. The, the, how they're appreciated more more widely, if you like, mm. because they are, I would say, certainly professional um, ballet dancers in particular. They're probably the equivalent of Olympic athletes, and certainly the ones I was with l- last week. If you then 
if you put them on an athletics track and, and, and gave them that discipline, you they would look like they fit, you know, straight away. They're, they're just incredible people. So, yeah, there's a, there's a massive buzz just being being around that and being part of that and being able to create something that they then afterwards are um, are very much appreciative of because they are also their own worst critics. So if you get their seal of approval, then you really have done a, a decent job. So Drew, if you have to give anyone any advice and really sum up what is the key to doing well as a professional photographer, what would you say? If I if I had to summarise it, and and this is this is not the the, the claim necessarily that I'm doing, the, you know, uh, you know, because we have said we're not the experts, haven't we? Experts. We're not the experts. Yeah. This is just our opinion. This is this is actually something that I've observed with other with successful photographers, people who've actually done it and and found their way and uh, from scratch, and uh, and that is um, you can break it down to four or five steps. Um, the first step is to establish exactly what it is that you really love shooting. It's really simple because what we shoot, if we if we shoot what we love, we're far more likely to do a better job of it than shooting something that we that we're not really that interested in. Um, so that would be the first thing. Secondly, find or identify the market for that thing, and 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 it's very broad brush to say that, but it's really quite simple. If there is a market for the thing that you love shooting, you need to find out what it is, where they are, and who they are, and then how you can supply that market. Thirdly, contact and make make contact, connect with that market in as many different ways as you can, um, on as many different levels as you can, as frequently as you can. Um, actually, that's tip number four. <laughs> tip number three is once you've found the, the thing that you love uh, shooting and you've identified your market, try and become the best or one of the best in that particular market segment. I mean, that's, that's, that's the other thing. It's uh, Don't just do it. Always try and find a way to get better at what it is so that you actually become identified or people start picking up on you as one of the guys or girls who does that thing. So to become synonymous with that market then? Absolutely, yeah. You're the you're the this guy or that guy, you know, the the go to guy. Go to guy for that particular thing. Whether it's architecture, whether it's weddings, whether it's portraits, there are people who the people who have become successful in specific fields like that, who are known for those kind of things, they've they've made themselves into that thing. It's not that the, the, the public have made them it's they've made themselves into that into that particular thing so um, so you you've you've got, gone through those three steps so the step four then would be the the connecting connecting and uh, uh, with your market on as many levels as possible as frequently as possible and find a way of delivering to that market what it wants you know in a manner that will enable you to get paid what you want that in itself is is um, it, it sounds like the holy grail and in some respects it is but there are quite a lot of people that I've seen who try to give a market what it wants but in a way that they don't want it so it's like 
this is what I do and these are my rates. And then they wonder why the phone isn't ringing or they wonder why they're not getting the bookings. You've got to look at that market and go, well, how? what's the best way for the people to get what I'm offering in a way that's as pain-free as possible? Um, so, uh, And this, this really comes down to pricing and, 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 and how you structure your offer. Um, and, of course, that can be different for, for, for different people different markets different demographics um different locations as different well locations yeah um it, 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 so that's that's really part of the job is for you to to analyze and to uh understand what works for whom because it's not a one pri- uh, a one size fits all so have you ever turned work down then um yeah and let me preface that within your niche within my niche um Yes, yeah, absolutely. There are people that, that have said, well, uh, you know, the, 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 the people here won't, um, they, won't ac- they won't accept that or they won't see it that way or they, 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 they won't see the value in that. And, and sometimes you have to sort of say, well, okay, you know, in, in, in a couple of cases I've actually proposed other people for them. So I've, well, actually, if you speak to this guy, he might be able to do it for you. Um, and, and in some cases, I've been able to refer a friend. So another photographer who, who operates in the same field and say they're looking for somebody and um, they, they, they don't want to do, they, they don't want to go with my proposal, uh, but you might be able to do something for them. So they go along, they do the job, and then whether it works or not is, you know, remains to be seen. And I guess that gets reciprocated back to you from your friends. Yeah, you know, there's there's a thing about photography that um, I find that that can be quite insular. Um, we're all working quite often. We're working in isolation, and 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 um, and we see other photographers as competition. But but particularly when you work in a niche. Um, you you sometimes need people to even if you want somebody to go and have a coffee with have a chat have a chat with um and and certainly for me it's it, um the, one of the benefits was of developing relationships with other photographers was that uh, early on this year i was um the official photography partner for a very large convention that was 30,000 visitors over 3 days and um there were six photographers in my team uh, and me for the whole weekend now those guys came to work with me um, either directly through me or through um, another photographer friend who in his network he was able to bring a couple of guys in and they were all people that we knew we could um, that would get the job done and um, if you're working in isolation and you're not prepared to do that, then then that type of thing will be a struggle. If you want to turn down that kind of job, then uh, it, it would be a shame if you had to turn it down just because you don't know enough people that can that can deliver the uh, the outcome that you want. So um, so yeah, I, I think that's um, going back to the question of do you, how you turn stuff down. Turn turn things down on on the on the basis that it just doesn't fit, you know that that the view that the the potential client is taking just doesn't fit with 
what you need to make it work for you um, and if that's the case then uh, sometimes it's best just to to wish them well and uh, and if you can offer help then then offer it in the form of somebody else and tell me about this satisfaction what you must get and you, you must get this when people say wow you took that of me yeah if you wanted to if you wanted to simplify it i mean of course we we i think it's important not to get too carried away with that because um if you wanted to simplify it it's when people say you know what what do you do uh, and and this is having had a, a fairly checkered uh, um employment history uh, in in many different ways people say what do you do and you say well i take pictures of people and um they tell me i'm awesome and then they pay me <laughs> And it's that simple. Uh, but of course, when people tell you you're awesome, um, really it's reflected in terms of what you've created of them and for them. It's not that you are awesome. It's just that they've seen something. They've seen themselves in a way that perhaps they didn't expect. Um, and they think it's down to you. When the reality is it's it's as much part down to them as it is to, to what you've how you've recorded them. But you must also get people who say, nah, don't like that well you know what actually that's that's okay because not everybody sees things the same way you know i mean it, it's um i would say do you like country music no absolutely not well there you go and not everybody but there are lots of people who do and, it's uh, quite a big market i hear country it's music it's a big market but there, I mean, there are some people that just don't get it and I'm probably one of those people too, so so there'll always be somebody who doesn't get it, or uh, and there are there are people who uh, maybe just don't see things the same way, and you know that's fine if they if they say they don't like it they don't like it. Probably worse than that is somebody looking at an image and going, hmm, that's nice. Because that's kind of neither here nor there. I'd rather have somebody at least have a reaction and say, and say, wow, that's amazing. Or, you know, oh, no, I just don't like that. I don't like the, I don't, whether it's the, 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 the color, the content, whatever it may be, you know, it's like I'd rather somebody plant their flag in the sand and say, this is where I stand on that um, uh, uh, than, than just be ambivalent. Because if it's ambivalent, you've really probably not done a good job <laughs> exactly i mean m creating photographs it's polar isn't it it yeah. is one extreme or the other it's love it or hate it it's always very marmite creating Absolutely. creating photographs and i think on that note we're going to wrap up this episode so we're going to have a facebook page for the one sixtieth of a second photography podcast so do have a look there we'll be putting some con i'll be putting some content up I want to say thank you to Drew for meeting me today and giving his thoughts. I want to say thank you to you for listening. And I want to say don't forget to check back for future episodes. And Drew, is there anything you want to finish with? Keep taking pictures. I was, I was going to say no is a, is a, is a fine answer. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep, but yeah, keep taking keep pictures. Taking pictures. Keep out, going. Find out what you love. Find out what you love shooting and just try and be as good as you can be at that thing. And then you will get you'll be guaranteed at least some satisfaction. And that's what it's all about, really, at the end of the day. Um, doing something you love and creating something you're really proud of. And on that note, we're going to finish this episode. Thank you very much.